Welcome to Alarm Clock Ministries. My name is Aaron. Thanks for tuning in today. I am starting this podcast channel to challenge people to start thinking for themselves. In today's society, we tend to take a lot of things at face value, accepting them as truth, never actually looking into whether or not whatever said thing is true or not. I want to challenge thought patterns to make people start thinking if I can shed enough light on a subject to get a light bulb to go off where otherwise would have been darkness, I will have done my job. So a little bit about myself. During my time in the military, I saw some unfortunate things take place that didn't sit well with me. These things caused me to question what we were really doing, and the further I dug, the more I questioned things. Not all the topics I questioned were necessarily military in nature, but I began to question things in all aspects of life. As I said earlier, this channel's purpose is to challenge the masses to start thinking for themselves and to start doing their own research. Whether it be on biblical topics, which is primarily what I would like to discuss, or other hot topics, which I would also like to cover some in depth, my goal is to challenge your opinion and maybe challenge what you believe to be truth. Now with all that said, where in the Bible does it say we as believers are no longer required to follow the law or the Torah? Which if you don't know, the Torah portion is the first five books of the Bible, being Genesis through Deuteronomy. So in church as a child, I remember being taught the Ten Commandments, but nothing more. However, there are many more, and there are commanded feasts or holy days to be upheld as well. Why weren't we taught them? After reading the Bible for myself, it became apparent these things are still expected of us, and I never knew anything about it. I had trusted that the man on the podium at church would tell me everything I needed to know, without realizing I was getting small bits and pieces of a doctrine that made it seem like I could do whatever I want, and it would be okay. I would be forgiven. Well, now as an adult, having read the whole thing for myself, I now realize that if you truly want to learn something, you have to research it yourself, and not just take someone else's opinion. I want to explain why this doctrine simply is not true. Matthew 5, 17-19 states, and this is coming from the mouth of Jesus, who I will refer to as Yeshua, as that's how his name is pronounced in the Hebrew. Think not that I, being Yeshua, have come to annul the law, but to fulfill. Truly, I say unto you, until the heavens and the earth pass away, shall one iota, or title, pass away from the law until all comes to pass. Whoever then shall break one of these commandments the least, and shall teach to do so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, this one shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now the word annul means to make invalid, while on the other hand fulfill means to justify to live up to, or to bear out. Why then would it not be required of us, if not even the smallest mark will pass away from the law until heaven and or earth passes away, would it not be required of us, seeing we still live on an earth? That's not to say that you're going to go to the lake of fire if you don't live it out perfectly. I don't make that decision, nor would I ever want to. I think of it as, you know, a father sets out rules for his child, and if the child disobeys, the father will discipline that said child. But if the child is obedient, the father is happy and may even reward said child. And at the very least, he would be pleased. Let's look at another couple of examples. 
This time we're going to hear from God himself. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. This verse shows that God was not willing to break his covenant with the children of Jacob because it was an everlasting covenant. It also shows that he does not change. He even says it himself. So if God doesn't change, why would he require his children to follow the specific laws he set out all the way back then and not expect the same thing from us now? 2 John chapter 1, verse 6 states, And this is love, that we should walk according to the commandments. This is the commandment, even as you have heard it from the beginning, that you should walk in it. This specific scripture is backing up what I have been saying from the beginning, and is more or less the epitome of my argument. The Bible, or basic instructions before leaving earth as I like to call it, teaches love and repentance, not love and tolerance or acceptance. This one came from the mouth of John. So here I have given you two or three witnesses, which is how the Bible states matters are established by two or three witnesses. Two of these witnesses I would never argue with, but I'm going to keep going with a couple more examples here. First John chapter 3 verse 4, everyone practicing sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 through 14, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many that go in there through. But small is the gate, and narrow is the path that leads to life, and only a few find it. Many people understand this concept of the law and repentance being required and just decide not to, or say it's too hard. Others aren't aware and have been deceived as I was. Some believe in, or have been deceived by false doctrine, such as once saved, always saved, or that Yeshua died for our sins, so I can do whatever I want and I'll still be good. I'm sorry, but this simply is not true. The truth is, as it is stated, without the Son you have not the Father, and without the Father you have not the Son. So that's basically saying that without the Old Testament, you don't have the New Testament. And without the New Testament, you don't have the Old Testament. It requires the entire thing. Also, a house divided will not stand. So why would Yeshua's sacrifice nullify the law, which he said he came not to nullify, but to fulfill? Also, why would Yeshua try to nullify the law that his father had put out? That would be a house divided. Yes, I know, I just threw some scripture at you without citing it. But I just felt like being lazy. But we as Bible believers, I know I just made some assumptions, should be upholding God's laws as well as his feasts, understanding that we are not perfect, nor will we ever be. But that's why Yeshua died for us on that cross as propitiation for our sins. We are covered by his blood, like we would have been covered by the blood of the animal sacrifices made on the altar. And sinning willingly is more or less spitting on that sacrifice. Now don't get me wrong, I am not perfect, nor any better than any other man but I am trying to do right by God. I spent many years believing I was fine, eating plates of bacon at breakfast buffets. I lied. I was a thief. I have done all manner of bad things. And if I have not committed the act by hand, I had done it through thought, which is just as bad. But now with my understanding, I am trying to do better. There are many good people in this world who have been deceived. I hope this helps just one. The goal of this message is not to judge anyone, but to get the alarm bells in your head going off. Look at it for yourself and see. Without the law, how are we to discern right from wrong?